endeavoring to keep the unity of the Spirit in the bond of peace. That's deep already. There is one body and one Spirit, just as you were called in one hope of your calling, one Lord, one faith, one baptism, one God and Father of all, who is above all and through all and in you all. But to each one of us grace was given according to the measure of Christ's gift. Therefore, he says, when he ascended on high, he led captivity captive and gave gifts to men. Now this, he ascended. What does it mean? But that he also first descended into the lower parts of the earth. He who descended is also the one who ascended far above all the heavens, that he might fill all things. Verse 11. And then he himself gave some to be apostles, some prophets, some evangelists, and some pastors and teachers, for the equipping of the saints, for the work of the ministry, for the edifying of the body of Christ, till we all come to the unity of the faith and of the knowledge of the Son of God, to a perfect man, to the measure of the stature of the fullness of Christ, that we should no longer be children, tossed to and fro and carried about with every wind of doctrine by the trickery of men in the cunning craftiness of deceitful plotting, verse 15, but speaking the truth in love may grow up in all things into him who is the head, Christ, verse 16, from whom the whole body joined and knit together by what every joint supplies according to the effective working by which every part does its share causes growth of the body for the edifying of itself in love. That's a lot. But as we consider this portion of Scripture, let's examine what God would say to the church today. Paul, who is the author of Ephesians, starts this chapter talking about Christian character with a special emphasis on humility. He says, I therefore the prisoner of the Lord. He is starting off from the beginning in humility. He does it from a position most appropriate to this theme. Do you know where he is? He's in prison. And the language he uses, he says, I beseech you. He's not giving orders as a spiritual dictator. He's entreating his fellow believers in love for their own good and for God's glory. He is trying hard to reach the people where they are. What does he ask of them? That they walk worthy of the calling with which they were called. Something that we're dealing with so strongly right now is our identity. I had somebody tell me just today, that the Lord was calling them to teach, but they don't feel equipped. That is a statement I hear a lot, and this has been a statement that I have had to walk through so many times. How many of you, when you were first going to have your first child, you didn't think you were ready? You weren't ready. You, You know, if you wait for the planets to align, they never will. If you wait for the bank account to be right, for the job to be right, for the marriage to be right, for the house to be right, for the room to be right, for the other kids, whatever you've got to be right, it won't happen. He's saying, walk worthy of the calling. This individual I was talking to today, the Lord's been calling him to to teach, but he's not felt 
equipped. And I would, I would like to just say this word to you. Walk worthy of the calling that God's called you to do. Everyone in this room has a calling. Every one of you. And I would encourage you. You'd say, Pastor, I don't know what my calling is. Well, inside the church, what do you love to do? Go dive in right there. Dive in with both feet, head first. And let the Lord show you the next step. Don't wait. Don't wait for a burning bush because you're probably not going to get it. How many of you know so many times you get your answers once you get out of bed and start walking? Sometimes they just show up. But you had to get moving. You had to bump into somebody. Somebody had to spur your thought along. I will tell you again, my start began in the sound booth. It sounds so funny, but it did. I was telling uh, somebody today, when I finally got where God could start feeding me, man, did He not have a table full of food for me. But I had to dive in with both feet, not knowing what I was going to wind up with. What do you love? What's the Lord kind of giving you a passion for? Dive into that. Come see me. Start asking, what can I do? How can I be a part? You may say, Pastor, are you trying to put me to work? Yes, I am. We can't do this by ourselves. And it's to be done in the church. This is about in the church. Let me tell you, who's the beneficiary? You. You, the church is too. It's a byproduct. What, what I mean is the benefit's a byproduct to the church. It's going to bless, bless your socks off. Anybody with me? We've got to get connected. Look how he says, Walk with all lowliness and gentleness, with long-suffering, bearing with one another in love. How many knows? I don't care if you get if you get out of bed, you're going to have to bear with somebody. Here are character requirements: lowliness, gentleness, long suffering, bearing with one another in love. Without these basic qualities in the life of the believer, the church will never be built. We're just playing a game. Again, having the blueprint of how the church should be built, no matter how good the blueprint may be, no matter how clever the architect is who designed it, the building cannot be properly constructed without the kinds of materials for which it was designed. And do you know what the materials are? You. God has blessed you. God has given you talent. God has given you strength. God has given you a mind to fulfill a calling in the church. Woohoo! I'm telling you, it's scary how easy it is to miss what God's wanting you to do. It's easy. You know, at 19 years old, I think the Lord called me then, and I took off to ORU, Oral Roberts University. And I made it Monday through Friday and got my money back and headed home. Got engaged to my wife and here we go. But I believe the Lord had his hand upon me then. I'm not saying I missed it. God, God, you don't, God, God doesn't miss it. 
I didn't miss it. Maybe it was a detour I shouldn't have taken. Not marrying my wife, that was the greatest thing that's ever happened to me. But do you hear me? You may have missed it so many times, but God's timing is perfect. And the Lord's talking to some of you right now, and I'm already done. I I just wanted to kind of stir you up just a little bit. But where is your passion? Where is your heart? I know you're sitting there thinking, man, I could do more. I, I was sitting at First Baptist Church, and I'm, I, I don't know what was going on in me, but I finally told Elizabeth, I got to do something. Let me go sign up for the recreation committee. I hated that. 25 years old, nobody's listening to me. Nobody cares what I have to say. And here I sit in these meetings. I don't like, I personally don't like meetings. So I got in the sound booth, and they put me in the, TV, the TV department sitting next to the guy that typed the text of the scriptures of what the pastor was saying. I wasn't typing the text, I was sitting next to the guy that was typing the text. I was sitting for me either. And next thing you know, the pastor gives me a call saying somebody recommended me to the sound booth. What had happened? I had recognized the desire I had, I moved on it, and I, I wasn't planning on changing churches. Pastor called me. I don't know who you are and hung up on him. God tries me again. You know the story of the guy that's sitting on top of the house and it's flooded and he sends two boats in a helicopter and he's still waiting for God to come grab him and finally he's at the pearly gates and says, God, why didn't you rescue me? And he said, well, I sent you two boats in a helicopter. Thank God God called me again through the pastor and I stepped out. You got an opportunity in front of you this week. I want to encourage you, take it. 